So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing season six, episode six of Happily Ever After. In this episode, Andre takes his aggression out on a refrigerator, Angela meets another doctor to flirt with, Julia doesn't understand why people need friends, Tiffany has a big ask for her dad, Donald Trump gets in the way of Kalani's divorce, and Natalie gets a very unwelcome welcome to Oklahoma. We'll be back again next week to discuss episode seven. In a bit of news on our other channel, Love After Lockup, okay, we'll be starting new episodes once the Love After Lockup season four starts on June 18th. Okay, thanks for listening, stay safe, and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. Happy Memorial Day. Yes, happy Memorial. I would say like, I don't know, I feel like, you know, give thanks to our men and women and you put like Memorial Day, they can't hear our things. Right. Yeah. We can still appreciate them. I still appreciate the sacrifices of ever, that everyone has made. Exactly. Yes, we appreciate the sacrifice. Well, another thing I appreciate is I appreciate getting our feedback on the show, right? Sure. So we're going to take some feedback. We've been hearing a lot of feedback and we're going to, you know, we still want to keep doing our, um, our summaries. We're getting actually positive feedback that Despite popular belief, a lot of people don't always watch the show before they <laughs> Which our seems podcast. a little odd, yeah. But I'm, I'm down with it. Yeah, if we can be people's water cooler cheat code, I'm okay with that. <laughs> sure. But they were getting kind of long. So we're, this, we're doing a new thing where we're going to keep doing our summaries, but we're going to really cut back uh, the length of them uh, for these. So we're going to Trying to edit in. ourselves. Yes. Trying to get more conversation. So I'm going to start with um, Tiffany and Ronald. All right. So- it's yet another video call with Ronald, but this time for good news. Ronald's visa application has been approved. He hoots and hollers and dances when he hears the news, because, but because Tiffany is under the minimum income threshold, they'll have to have a co-sponsor for the visa, and Tiffany plans on asking her dad. The catch is that her dad doesn't know anything about Ronald's shady past. Tiffany wants to get advice from her mom, Maggie, about how to move forward. Maggie is surprised that they, that they made it this far, and everyone assumes already that she won't be the co-sponsor. Tiffany wants advice about what and when to tell her dad about Ronald. It's a lose-lose situation. She can either tell him everything up front and he likely wouldn't volunteer to co-sponsor or you know, she can keep in the dark and potentially ruin their relationship when he finds out later. Maggie suggests she should do the second. Do what it takes to get what you want and then t- tell Carlos after he's already signed on the dotted line. It's not the advice Tiffany was expecting. Anyway, then Tiffany gets the meeting with her dad, Carlos, and we hear a bit about his absentee father background, but he's been pretty solid for the past few years. They make some small talk, and soon um, she gets to the point and asks him to co-sponsor Ronald. He says that it's no problem without really any hesitation at all. But at this point, she wants to tell him all the stuff, and the episode ends just as she's about to spill the beans. Okay, so opening question for you. Um, Tiffany, you know, she asked Maggie for advice about what to tell Carlos. Mm-hmm. And, you know, given that Carlos is her ex... Like, how much of a grain of salt should she have taken with this advice? Yeah, I get that, you know, the reason why she asked Maggie in the first place was because she was like, oh, you have insight. But it sounds like they haven't been together for at least like 20 years. And he's trying to be a different person. Like, he's trying to be in her life. Whereas before he was, I think he even said, oh, well, that's the mom's job 
to take care of the kids. Yes. And so he I basically it was the like mom's job out. to take care of children. It's, he totally, he said that a hundred percent. And so I definitely would take the advice of a grain of salt with, you know, the person who was like, he walked out on me and left me with my kids. Yeah. Screw yeah. that guy. You have a chance to screw him over and make, make him be financially <laughs> oh, yeah, responsible. For it that way. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. You should do that. Yeah. It serves him right. I also just find the whole situation to be somewhat manipulative because I really picked up on this whole, you know, that Carlos is really agreeing to this because he feels so much guilt for not being yeah. in her life. Yes, and, totally. you know, like he even talked about, you know, like, oh, I'm buying this house in New Jersey. You all should like move in, you know, it'd be mm-hmm. really great to have you like nearby. And I just feel like, He's really just trying to make up for, and I wouldn't even say like quality time, make up for lost time. You know, he's just really trying to make up, trying to right his wrongs from the past. And if that means putting his name on something, you know, to co-sponsor and be financially um, responsible for someone, I think he will just to get into her good graces. Yeah, I totally agree. I just, I felt really, it, it did feel kind of icky the way she was like, well, he feels guilty, so he'll give me anything. It's like, that's not like a reason to ask. Like, it's not like, well, he owes me. And like, yeah, totally manipulative is is, is the best way to put it away. Like, I know he'll say yes, not because it's a good idea or a good decision on his part, but because eh, he'll do it to keep me from going away again. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think there's a way to kind of thread the needle? Like, what do you think the best, like, course of action is in terms of what she tells him when and stuff like because she keeps saying it's like a lose-lose situation she either gets um gets it or doesn't get it right and and it's like if she tells him anything she won't get it and if she has to hide everything that she gets something yeah i mean i don't know what she kind of thinks is kind of the worst case scenario is the worst case scenario is that he's going to have a criminal past here i mean you know like bring his crime whatever over to the U.S. and or that they're going to get divorced or that, you know, he's going to be just I don't know. I don't I don't really know what her fear is exactly. Right. I mean, it just seems to me her biggest fear is that Carlos says, no, I'm not sponsoring this guy. And then Ronald can't come and they have to get divorced. Like because she's she's definitely on that. If Ronald can't come to the U.S., it's divorce. Like it's those are the two options. Sure. I mean, like, her worst case scenario, like, what is she scared of by having her dad co-sponsor? Oh, well, I think she's scared that, in her mind, it's it's a one-two situation, right? If she tells him the bad things, he won't co-sponsor. Like, there's no chance he'll co-sponsor, right? But, and if he does co the only way she can get him to co-sponsor is if he doesn't know the whole truth, right? And then he's worried, she's worried that later he'll find out the whole truth. And then her relationship with her father is ruined because she held from him this super important piece of information before he literally put his life, his, you know, not life, but like, you know, finances on the line for this guy. Yeah, but that's what I'm trying to say. Like, what's the worst case scenario here? Ronald goes to prison. Ronald starts, you know, like living off of welfare. Like, what is the worst case scenario oh, definitely, here? Definitely it's Ronald becomes addicted to gambling again and and... and yeah, steal basically steals a bunch of property that they're financially responsible for, right? Steals refrigerators or, or does whatever, <laughs> and and any restitution and stuff is on is going to be on them because I, I guess also good on welfare leave. I don't know, but like 
stealing things, I think, is, is the number one. Restitution, is that really on you if you're co-sponsoring someone? I don't know. I mean, we don't know legally. I don't know anywhere near enough about it because the other time we heard about this from the immigration lawyers made it sound like it was only like if they get money from the state, if yeah. they become a ward of the state, I think that's the, that's the official term, then you basically have to pay back the government for the money. So if they end up using health insurance and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Where you're like um, just using a government assistance. Right. So I feel like there's so many other things that could happen before you go on government assistance. Right. They could just straight up, straight up give him money. And I think that Tiffany Mm -hmm. would make some attempt to do it herself rather than just put it on her dad. Okay. So like, let's say worst case scenario, Tiffany and Ronald get divorced you know, right. Ronald doesn't have a job or Ronald is refusing to get a job. Tiffany mm-hmm. would probably find a place for him to live and try to pay for it before putting it on her dad. Oh, my God. Could you imagine that? That's just horrible. Could you imagine get, having an ex that you're like, I oh, have this deadbeat ex that I divorced because he's such a you know deadbeat and doesn't do anything. And now I have to pay for his appointment. Now I have to pay for his apartment. Oh, my God. Oh, no. People have that, right? Like, I have two friends that I can think of right now that are dealing with an alimony situation where their partners didn't work the entire time that they were married. And so they are having to pay some absurd alimony where their partners continue or ex-partner now is continuing not to work. And they just basically get free money. I can think of two, you know, so I think it does happen. I feel like alimony is different because the the whole purpose of the whole theory behind alimony is that they would not you, the person who made the money, would not have been able to make the money had they absent their that person's taking care of the house or, or you know, doing the things in supporting of that. I don't think the way these people write it was like that. I'm just saying that's 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 the reason that's the in theory reason alimony exists. It's just such a funny thing. Like I know I know when I got my divorce, at least in Maryland. Like uh-huh. the, we talked to the lawyer and they're like, yeah, alimony isn't really a thing anymore. <laughs> like they didn't even like Wait, or go off on it. Yeah. Well, it, may, it might not, but it may, that might, could have been due to our situation where they looked at the two income levels and yeah. you're like, yeah, they're about the same. Nobody's getting money. Well, like, yeah. Cause you're both, you were both working or you both had jobs. Right. Like child support's definitely a thing, but they were, they were like, like it, no, nobody at any point had, did the word alimony come up besides to immediately dismiss it. And I don't know yeah. if it was because they looked at the financial situation or they were like, you know, it pretty much has to be a, you know, trophy wife situation where God. like she was like, that was like part of the deal was she married you to get the money. I don't know. It's a whole thing. I don't know. Yeah. But like I said, didn't come up for us. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of co-sponsors, uh, let's talk Kalani and Asuelu. So Kalani is visiting an immigration lawyer, Tyler, because she is tired of the cycle she's in with Asuelu and just wants to see what her options are. Lo, her father has gone back to work in California, but he's calling in on video chat because he's a Suelu's co-sponsor, or as he says, sucker on the visa. Tyler tells him that Trump's administration changed the rules, uh, and now Lowe is financially responsible for a lifetime instead of just 10 years. Specifically, if he uses any government financial assistant, then Lowe would need to reimburse the government. Tyler does not or sorry, Tyler does say that the lawyers are questioning the legality of the time commitment, considering that they agreed to 10 years in their paperwork. Tyler advises they should do what's best for the kids. Lowe concludes after this whole conversation that it would just be better if they just try to make it work. Kalani hopes that if they get divorced, that Asuelu would just move back to Samoa. 
All right. So if they did get divorced, do you think Asuelu would stay in America or do you think he'd move back? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't think he would stay in Utah. I think he would either go back to Samoa or he would go with his mom and sister in Washington. I could see that too. Right. There's a, there's a chance he would do that. Um, and that's the place where he would definitely, I could see him going there and there's being like, well, I'll apply for welfare, whatever. That's yeah. fine. I'll do that. I'll apply for Medicaid. Sure. Yeah. But I also feel that he doesn't necessarily really like it here. Doesn't no, it no, seem I don't think like so that's the whole reason why he kind of acts out the way he does, you know, always insisting on playing volleyball with his uh, Samoan brothers, you know, and just uh, always getting out of the house. He's trying to run away from the situation he has. And if he stays in the U.S., I, I can't imagine him taking care of the kids by himself. And no. he's going to oh, have no, some no. kind of joint custody or something. Right. You would yeah, think. No, I don't I even think I mean, I think I do think the most likely scenario is he'd go he'd go back to Samoa. Um, yeah, I think so, too. He liked it there. And he would never have to watch the children by himself because right. the only time he'd see the children were Kalani brought them and she wouldn't like bring them and leave like she wouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And so that seems like, yeah, he liked it there. He never he didn't. Yeah, he didn't really seem like he wanted to come. And he just accidentally knocked up this this woman and then oh, we gives him an America now. <laughs> But, yeah. I mean, but I could also see it, it, it's the lack of, you know, Samoan connection. So I could see him being OK if he was with his, you know, his Samoan family that also lives in America and not, yes. not Kalani's family. So, I mean, I could I could see both of them. I would think I would shade more to towards him just going back to Samoa and, you know, doing whatever he was doing there. I think he's over the cold. I, I feel like I just sense that in him. He's like, I don't want the snow. As someone else who was, who was over the cold already, yeah. <laughs> yep, get me back to that sunshine all year round. So I was really surprised in this one that they actually named Drop Trump. Like yeah. usually the show is Usually the show is very, very careful about like being, there was some changes in the immigration policy without like mentioning Trump by name, right? Maybe they feel more safe about it now that he's not in office. And then Maybe. you can just say you can like kind of just generally refer to it as like a Trump era rule change, sure, you know? Sure. Right. And it's a, you try to say shade by being like Trump administration. Because I'm I'm sure Donald Trump was not like, we need to change oh, right. the I one thirty form to be like, no, no, no. <laughs> somebody else decided that specifically needed to happen. But like yeah, I just, I mean, I, it makes sense to me. I mean, it's a very popular show. I'm sure there's a lot of people who watch this show that are Trump supporters. Like, absolutely. Yeah. It's the most popular show on cable, on, on you know. Right. Uh, I was going to say, I really doubt that Trump personally was like, yes, let's put their sponsors on the hook forever, considering, like, you know, his wife came over here, you know, and. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> right. On whatever piece. Yeah, he sponsored right. his wife. Sure. His multiple wives, I think. But yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't think he's going to try to do that. I mean, I'm sure, you know, his um, his wife specifically likely were here on some kind of work visa or other. She but, was. Yeah, she was. She was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he could actually relate to that situation and probably would not want. But it also that. speaks to a lot of like other Trump era. I'm sure it was an executive order. And I'm sure it's just sure. one of those things where like, we're just going to put this out there. And like all the lawyers look at it and be like. No, like as soon as this gets challenged, <laughs> it's getting struck down because it makes sense to me. I, I wrote that down as it was going is like, how can I sign a paper that says I'm responsible for 10 years and then eight years down the road, they go, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a lifetime. It's for now. life. Cause you can, yeah, because that's not cause the agreement. Like, I, would never would have, I never would have signed it if it was for life. 
Yeah. I signed it for 10 years. Like you can't change a contract ex post facto like that. So I, I, I totally get where the lawyer was coming from. It's like officially this is the policy and basically saying we're pretty sure it's going to get struck down, but it could be, you know, years before that happens. And you don't want to be the court case that has to strike it down either because that's a ton of work. Right. It could also mean like moving forward, you know, and then who knows if they have to reapply for their green card from from this point. Yeah, it makes sense. That would pass muster. I'm pretty sure if you said from Mm -hmm. this point forward, the I-130 or whatever the form was is, um, you know, financially binds you for the lifetime. But like you can't go back and do the ones that were already signed. Sure. Yeah, that was it for them. All right. So let me go to um let me go to Angela and and Michael, but really Angela's yeah. weight loss journey. All right. So we learned that it's JoJo's last day in L.A. and she's still taking care of Angela. Angela's thankful that JoJo was around because who else would have wiped her coochie? Oh, God. She also so tells concerning. Us that, <laughs> she also tells us that there's more on tap. She might be getting a facelift before she leaves so that she won't have a turkey gobble below her chin. As JoJo worries, she were. As JoJo leaves, she worries she might be nearing her breaking point and cries on camera. After JoJo leaves, Angela takes her cigarette-holding walker to a juice bar to get something to eat. (laughs) She samples the sugar-free option, which had kale, chard, and bok choy, but ends up with a mango watermelon smoothie instead. Then she calls Michael to tell him about the facelift. He gets so upset about it that he hangs up on her. She calls him back and and he says he's putting his foot down, but Angela has no intention of letting him have the final say. Angela goes to consult with a new surgeon, Dr. Sadat. He confirms that the turkey gobble is only going to get worse and wants to do some lipo and a face neck lift, claiming that it'll take 15 years off. She lets the doctor know that Michael's against it and asks Dr. Sadat to call Michael. They talk about some of Michael's concerns, including the $25,000 price tag, but then Angela jumps in and says, I'm getting the surgery, end of conversation, and then gets mad when Michael ends the conversation. Anyway, so... Question. In this segment, we had three opinions about Angela's facelift, specifically <laughs> the timing. Well, maybe the timing of it. She says, let's just knock it out now while I'm in L.A. in, in Beverly Hills getting all these surgeries. You know, Michael says, don't get it at all. And Jojo says, you know, let's wait until we lose some weight first and then kind of judge by, back then. So mm-hmm. which, which plan seems like the best one to you? I think Jojo's plan, because I do think she has a really good point. It's going to be hard to pull on skin. And I mean, this is me, like no medical degree whatsoever or experience in this field, but it seems to me like you would want to know what you're dealing with instead of taking off the skin you have available now. If it's just going to get worse and you're going to have more skin, wouldn't you want to do it later and take off more skin? Right. I mean, I I was on the same. I was on board. You're like, because you don't know what the face shape is going to look like, where the fat's going to come off. Like you want to know like what you're dealing with, because right now the doctor basically has to, he's like, yeah, it's going to get bad. So I'm going to take it off. I'm going to suck off all the fat that you're going to lose, uh, hopefully. Yeah. And then I'm going to base it on that. And it's like, well, shouldn't you base it on after she loses the fat naturally? So it like fits where her body naturally carries the right. fat. Like that, yeah. that makes more sense to me. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Uh, So it was funny because Angela was talking about, you know, that she was jealous of Jojo's body and that she would be stripping if she was uh, if she had a body like Jojo. And Jojo's. Oh, man. Like, yeah. I mean, Jojo is not um, definitely thinner than Angela, but she's curvy in the right ways. But I mean, at the same time, who's trying to be like, 
you know, 50-year-old stripper. Right. Oh, yeah. That's a sad stripper. If I saw a stripper that looked like JoJo, I'd feel sad for her. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, We're still know. doing this? Oh, man. I feel I'm like sure there's a market, off. but yeah. All right. So I'm going to talk about something that really disturbed me at the beginning mm-hmm. of Angela's scene. The beginning of Angela's scene, um, JoJo is trying to, to, you know, take care of her. And she's, of course, on this liquid diet. So she tries all these different kinds of juices and smoothies and stuff. Yeah. And she pours... Angela, like a thick green juice, something out of a bottle, right? Yes. And Angela looks at it and says, this looks like piss. Yeah. What What is wrong with Angela's piss that it was dark green? What is that? Yeah, I don't know what she was thinking there. But also, (laughs) it's that I think was just a prime example of... Just her personality is her personality is to judge by the looks and determine mm-hmm. that she's going to be stubborn and not like it. And then she drinks no. and she's like, oh, this isn't so bad. It's like, yes. Okay, yes. quit being uh-huh. so, like, protesting Such a baby everything. About it. Like, she drank it, made a gross face because she was already expecting it to be gross. Yeah. And then it, it, it's just something I expect from a child. Like, because then she goes in. And to be fair, I actually kind of agreed with her on one point. She goes to the juice bar and they have the the kale and chard and bok choy juice thing. And I really like kale and chard and bok choy, right? All of those are fantastic. But I'm I'm with her. Like, I eat those things. I don't want to drink those things. Like, and I get that she can't, but in general, like, I don't want to drink those things. Those are all food. Like, there's lots of food. I like chicken. I don't want to drink chicken. That's not, just because it's good doesn't mean it's a drink. And she was like, well, you can just buy spinach at the store. Why are we putting it into a juice? And well, she's like picturing spinach like Popeye, like coming out of a can. That's oh, yeah, what she yeah, said. Totally. She was like spinach out of a can. I was like, what is this Popeye? Like, do you, I didn't even know spinach still came in a can. I didn't either because you can get a whole thing of like baby spinach, fresh baby spinach from the salad thing for like $1.99. Why are you right. buying a can? What are you doing? Uh, yeah. Now, come to think of it, I don't think I've seen it in a can since the cartoons. We, okay. I've seen it in – I've seen like Frozen – and it almost comes yes. in like a box that you like unwrap and then you have to like pat it down with paper towels. And I've done that. I haven't done that in like 20 years, I swear. <laughs> I, because you can get the fresh baby spinach. It's right there. It's so much better. Very weird. Yeah. Okay. Her smoking. What the heck is going That's on with that? That's what I was that? getting to next. She's <sighs> like, well, you know, I had, I had a mango watermelon smoothie, so I deserve a cigarette. Like, come on. Like, is she may even making any attempt at all? I know. I don't think she is. I mean, that was that was her selling point on her little Walker deal. She's like, yep, I can store my smokes in there instead of in my bra, which have you noticed she's still carrying shit in there. It's like, doesn't that hurt your boobs to have stuff all pressed up in there? Yeah, the bruised boobs that she just had all the surgery on. It's like, yeah, she shoved her cell phone in there and it it was like every time, every time she talks about I'm doing this for me and I want to be healthy and I want to look young for you, then you can't smoke. You can't smoke. Yeah. Like even even if even if she only cares about the looks and not her health, right? You, you can't smoke. Like smoke, nothing will age you faster. Makes you especially since you're worried about looking too old. Yeah. You can't smoke then. Like you can't smoke. So it kind of throws everything she says out the window. Yeah, I think it's very um, troubling that she keeps on putting this on Michael. Like I'm doing this for you because it seems pretty clear and obvious to everyone she's doing it for herself. Yes. I'm doing this for you to the person who is trying to convince me not to do it. Right. The person who's like, I don't want, I love you the way you look right now. And I don't want you to look any different. 
And she's like, well, don't you want me to look younger? And he's like, literally like, no, I don't. I want you to look exactly like you look right now. And what is this? I, did you understand the logic when she kept talking about, about like the baby money that she kept bringing up? I was very confused by she, what, what that has to do with literally anything she's doing right now. Yeah, I don't think it does, but I get where he's coming from. Like, this is what we talked about. This is like something we had agreed upon. We want to have a baby. So they know they're going to have complications. They know even if they get an egg from Skyla, they're going to have to do IVF. You know, mm -hmm. so it's going to be something where it's going to require money. And they both already have agreed to that. You know, mm -hmm. so I understand where he's coming from because it's like they didn't both agree to this facelift. And now she's just trying to spend the same amount of money on something that's just for her, that she's the only mm -hmm. one who said she wanted it. Right. Right. And I, yeah, I mean, I was I was definitely maybe I was lost on that a little confused because it was like I, he kept saying we didn't talk about this. And I mm -hmm. was like, isn't that what you're doing right now? Yeah. Isn't that talking about this? I, I was at the same time. They're not really talking about it. It's like this is no. one of those things where yeah. Angela is informing him like I am calling you to inform you of what is going to happen in the next week. I'm getting this yes. facelift. That's true. That's true. I don't know. Yeah. I think she's just like taking out him not being able to get to America on him by like almost doing this stuff because she knows. I think part of the reason is she's doing it is because he is against it. Right. And it's like a way of like asserting power over him again. Everything with her is a power game. Yeah. Yeah. It's gross, but I can see it from that perspective. All right. Let's talk about Brandon and Julia. Julia hasn't talked to Brandon since the night before. So Julia's sleeping in the other room and she's upset because Brandon's friends were questioning her intentions. She also accused Melanie of only focusing on Brandon and ignoring Julia and her boyfriend. Brandon says he needs more than just one person in his life, and she's going to drive his friends away, which is a problem. Julia says that he knew about her jealousy, so he basically is has to accept it. Brandon is trying to understand her reluctance to make friends and wanting him to be around all the time, but he asks her to take him aside next time and privately discuss these matters so that he can support her. Julia says she's always been jealous of everything, and she's actually gotten a lot better. Brandon just asks her to be calm and chill. Julia feels that they just need to be by each other's side, always. <laughs> All right, so Julia says, you know, she's crazy jealous about everything, and she said not even just in relationships. It sounded like with her friends as well. Why do you uh -huh. think she's so crazy? I don't know. I mean, it, it just... I can't... Well, part of it is... Um... She's not very smart, and I don't know that she quite has mastered, like, even, like, object permanence. You know, like, <laughs> yes, other people can talk to your boyfriend, and he does not cease to be your boyfriend because yeah. someone else is talking about it. Like, it's almost like she can't – she's having hard – she has a hard time wrapping around – wrapping her mind around other people being, like, independent people who have their own wants and desires. And it's just like, well, no, if you take what I want, you're taking it – because I want it and I, I can't have that. You're trying to steal it from me. It's a very, very simple way of, of looking at the world. I, yeah. I guess because, I don't know, I feel like the way she was acting and the way she was talking about it, I don't feel like jealousy is a strong enough word, mm -hmm. right? Because it, it, it got to the point where she was like, he was like, I need to have other people in my life besides you. And she was like, yeah. for what? 
Yeah, why? Why do you need anyone else? That's extreme, like... Possessiveness. Possessive. Because that wasn't even like, okay, yeah, but why does it have to be this cute girl that obviously has a crush on you? Like, that would be uh, extreme jealousy. To be like, right. no, you don't need literally any other person in your life at all besides me. That's uh, end of story. Yeah. It kind of makes me wonder if she has any friends at all. You know, the only people we've really seen her... She says she's jealous over her friends, but is she so jealous that she doesn't have friends anymore? Maybe, because I was going to say, the only people we've ever seen her talk to is her family. But she's never mm-hmm. had, like, the obligatory, you know, call with her friend where she talks about her situation. You know, yeah. it's and we've never even heard her talk about any of her friends or anything like that. And I get, like, the situation doesn't necessarily lend itself for, you know highlighting the friends that she has back in Russia. But it's like the fact that she does, it doesn't seem like she has any friends. Mm -hmm. Usually there's one. And like, it just, nobody wants a jealous friend. Like, come on. I don't want a friend where if I go out with, if I go out and do something without them, I have to like talk them down from yelling at me about like, why you not tell me for like a day. Nobody wants to deal with that in a friend. Like, I'm not going to, you're not going to stay in touch with that person for very long. No. Yeah, they are. And I think especially the way people kind of view friendships, it's like it should just be easier and fun or supportive. And someone like yelling at you for having other friends doesn't seem like it's any of those things. Either of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Either of those things. So, yeah. It's difficult, though. Um, To be honest, it really just sounds like she has – very, you know, I'm rereading that attachment uh, theory book. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It just seems like she has just, like some crazy extreme anxious attachment issues. But I, yeah, it's almost like an anxious attachment um, issues combined with extreme narcissism. Yeah, it's just like no, it's me, and I'm my feelings are the only ones that matter. And like, and you need, and not only do I need to be reassured. But it's unreasonable for you to do anything that might make me not feel that way. Like, yeah. not, not just to, not just I need to be reassured. Like, to me, that's a no amount of like, I guess there's, there's always some uh, amount of jealousy. But like it's a manageable, healthy amount of jealousy is I need to be reassured, right, mm-hmm. over my jealousy versus no, there's no amount of reassurance that's acceptable enough. You just have to jump through all the hoops to make it so I never feel a certain way. And it's yeah, like, hmm. and like I always get what I want. Yes, yes, and yes, and I always and I should never have to feel that way. And yeah, my way is always the way we're going to deal with everything. Right. So I don't like know. that combo, yeah, it's 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 messy. Like, yeah, uh, it, and I, I it is a tr- hard situation for her because she doesn't have friends. But it's not like she's asking for friends. You know what I'm no. saying? It's like she doesn't want friends. It seems like she doesn't want she doesn't want to have friends, and she doesn't want him to have friends either. Yeah, that sounds. So, what does she even want off the farm for? I don't even know what she wants to do. <laughs> if you're never, nobody's going to She just wants to do friends. what she wants to do. Yeah, that's true. But she wants to be able to walk in the city. I guess I don't know. Have job opportunities. Go to a go to a dance somewhere alone without friends. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be interesting. So one of the things from the tell-all uh, was that it was kind of revealed that Julia and Yara had kind of bonded over social mm-hmm. media. Right. So I don't know. It seems like she is kind of capable of having some kind of friends. I, yeah, but it, it did that. But it seemed like at the tell-all, it was oh, like God, this I know. is she not turned going on her over the fastest, over. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is, 
This is not going to work. Right. Well, so clearly Julia's a terrible friend. <laughs> yes, exactly. Just immediately like dropping bombs on you. Not not okay. Well, maybe that's why she like clings so much to the friends that were wants them to cling to her, you know? Right. Yeah, and that's what it seems like it was. It is to me. It's like, it, it seems like she wants everybody to give to her everything. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't feel like she should have to put anything out there for anybody. Yeah. Just, everyone should give me like. I could see the narcissist part of that. Yeah. It's like, why yeah. are you so special that you think that, you know, because it does seem very one sided. Like I could also see her being like, well, if I want a friend, I can have a friend. Oh, but you mm-hmm. don't get any friends, but I can have friends. She seems like yes. one of those types. Totally. All right. Going from one asshole to another asshole. Let's go to Mike and Natalie. Mm. All right. So the plan for day one in Oklahoma is to get firewood for Trish. So as she and Mike hook up the trailer, they they bitch about how entitled Natalie is because she doesn't have a job and she isn't really a housewife either. While they're stacking the firewood in the trailer without Mike around, Trish brings up again how she thinks Natalie should be an interpreter for now um, before chasing her Hollywood dreams. Natalie says that in Ukraine, she worked for TV stations, so that's more what she was looking for instead of movie stardom. In separate interviews, Trish says that she doesn't believe Natalie married for love, but just a freeload off of Mike and Mike, and um, Natalie says that the next time Trish insults her, she'll stand up for herself and expects Mike to do the same. On the way home, they stop at a butcher shop to get turkey for Thanksgiving. Vegetarian Natalie is grossed out by all the raw meat and feels like this whole scenario was just an elaborate troll. She suddenly leaves to wait by the truck. Neither Mike or Trish give a shit, and they just roll their eyes. Back at the house, Mike asks Natalie how her first day was. She thinks this trip will suck if it's just Trish trying to make her uncomfortable the whole time. Natalie asks asks if Trish likes her, and Mike is pretty noncommittal and says that Trish is being cautious. Natalie thinks that Mike is just ignoring things he doesn't like in hopes that they'll just go away. All right, so starting from there, Natalie does, you know, she says that Mike is turning a a hopeful blind eye, let's say, to Trish's disrespect. Do you buy that? Do you think that's true? Or do you think that Mike is not saying anything because he's actually on Trish's side for basically everything? Oh, yeah, everything? definitely that. I think he sees it, but he'd like, you know, just give a crap. He's like, he's just like yeah. she's right. She's right. It's not a big deal that we went to the butcher shop. So mm, I don't know what you want me to do about it. Yeah, they're just yeah. the worst when they're together. It's basically yes. Trish is just like a a Mike times two. Yeah, yeah, and they just like reinforce each other. I, I, I really, as much as you hated Mike in a, a couple episodes ago, I really hated Mike in this episode. Oh right? yeah, and a, there were a couple things that came that came up for it, and it was the the first one was in the butcher shop, mm-hmm. like he was. Making like spoiled teenager jokes. Yeah. Well, I feel like I, I would pay, but I feel like my presence is the present enough. And <laughs> like, what? You're a grown ass man. Like, oh, you either gosh. pay for the turkey or you don't say anything about it. You don't make jokes about how you might pay. What, what are you doing? Oh, like, my goodness. Buy me a tomahawk, mom. I want a tomahawk. Like, Ugh, like a child. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh, goodness. And then, 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 and then it was those two. And then the fact that Natalie really clearly hated this place. Right? Yes. extremely uncomfortable in it. And he was making a joke, oh, if she wants me to follow her, maybe you should take some meat with her. Oh, oh I'd follow her then. <laughs> like, shut up, dude. Oh, my God. <sighs> I mean, okay. Natalie was such a brat in this episode. I'm not going to say she wasn't. 
But mm-hmm. at the same time, like, she's having to walk around in a house with random nails sticking up out of the there floor. There was a nail. Like, oh, my God. That, that, goes right with, that goes right with the, um, the, the missing globe from the fan. There was a threshold missing with exposed nails, and they're just all like, well, I don't know why you didn't step over it. You lazy ass. Put <laughs> goddamn threshold down. What is that? Yeah. That nail has probably been exposed for years. Right. And so many years that everybody who lives in that house is just used to stepping over it. And it like, wasn't God. even just that one. It was like every door was like that when they had like the they showed the hallway. And I was just like, what is going yeah. on in this house? Yeah, I, I, I couldn't do. Oh, my God. And it's like and, and to me, it was like I get I kind of get her bratty behavior because it seemed like her bratty behavior to me was always triggered by. I'm pretty sure your mom is just trying to piss me off. Like she's literally choosing activities and like condescending to me and 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 yeah. like we're gonna go stack wood. Bet you never did that before, huh, lazy ass? Like yeah, I'm gonna be a brat. I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna snark back at you. Come on, right? Like, like both both of them were terrible. Yeah, the one thing though that I find kind of ridiculous is that. So their trip is going the way it is, right? And sure. Natalie's throwing attitude. Trish is trolling her the entire time. And yes. at the end of the day, Natalie's like, do you think your mom likes me? It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> is that a real question? I don't, and I don't think it was. I think it was her trying to fish out, like, the answer to the question, have you been noticing that your mom has been, like, ridiculously disrespectful to me? Because... You haven't said anything about it. And mm-hmm. like, you know, so I kind of feel like she's like trying to find a nicer way to get there to kind of tease out of Mike. Like, have you been noticing the way your mom has been treating me? Because it's not OK. Yeah. Oh, goodness. But yeah, geez. And then like, OK, can we talk about Trish's hat miser <laughs> thing? What in the world was that? Okay, I know because you texted me and said like, oh, and Trisha's stupid hat. And I just kind of laughed to myself because I have friends with that. (laughs) Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing about that hat. If you are actively in a sunny garden, Mm -hmm. I'm okay with it. And uh, first of all, okay, part of the issue was not just the wide ass weird brim thing, Mm -hmm. which I get you need to shade your face. There's people I've seen people with. Okay, I can deal with that. Why didn't it have a top? Why was it a visor with her bangs sticking out of the top straight up? I'm That's telling you, I have me. friends who have that hat. When I was in Cancun a couple months ago, my friend wore that hat every day to the pool. <laughs> and why was she wearing it in the truck after sundown? Okay, now that part didn't make any sense to me. I was like, there's a time and place for this hat. And I feel like, like this is not you, the time for the place. You have to like sit place. forward in the truck seat because the hat bucks. That's you. That was, I mean, that was the bigger. I, it's a I, sun I definitely hat. have seen like, listen, it's a sun hat. But I don't know. There are definitely way more attractive looking sun hats than that one. Like I've seen sun hats, but you wear the sun hat in the sun. Yeah. Not in your car and you know, your hair popping up the top. Bottom me so so speaking busy. of weird things in their segment, the other weird thing is Natalie's like choice of when she's going to wear a mask. Like she literally okay. will walk out the door. Put on a mask while she's outside to walk to the car. And then she got in the car and took off her mask. It's like, you guys are at the house. Like, what do you think is going to happen from the front door to oh, the car? Oh, she put on a mask. This is in the house. I was thinking of the yes. butcher shop. Like, in the no, butcher shop. No, not even sense. the butcher okay. shop. Yeah. 
It, and I was like, what are you doing? Outside, there's nobody around. When you're going to get, the only people around are the people that you were in the house yes, with. Right. And are then getting in the truck with. Yes. Like, yes. Um, that so part didn't that make is sense. an interesting choice. Uh, there's yeah. there's definitely lots of bonkers mask things going around. Yeah, it was very show. clear that uh, were they Oklahoma, that people in Oklahoma are not wearing masks because when they went to go to the firewood, you know, no. I think the butcher lady was wearing a mask, but yes, they didn't have to wear a mask to go inside. So. Right, right, right. So um, can you name any other Hollywood stars besides Johnny Depp? Um, yes. I thought that was really funny. She's like, Johnny Depp and, uh, uh, it's like, all right. Other stars. <laughs> you couldn't even come up with a second name. Now, part of that is I, I get, you know, there's, I, I think it's a lot of times, and this is a little bit of a different situation because she's been on camera for a while. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, you know, you watch those, Jay Leno used to do those, you know, things where he'd walk up to people and ask them questions. And they were like, ha ha, isn't this person stupid? They don't know the answer to this <laughs> yeah. simple question. But a lot of that's just like somebody shoves a camera in your face and a microphone and you don't do it. I remember my favorite one of my favorite skits is like give her, Billy Eichner did one, Billy on the street, where he just ran up to people and like screamed at them, name a woman. And they were like, why is this so hard? Like, <laughs> I can't do it just because like it, it, you do get put on the spot. But like I feel like it's like they gave her that bad edit. She's like, and, you know, um, other stars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so when they're having that whole conversation, so she was talking about Johnny Depp when she was like talking about, you know, working and stuff like that and what she right, wants right, to do. Right. Because she said it was she said being on screen is hard work. That was that right. was what she was trying to get at. Well, yes. and the other thing she was saying is that she's a hard worker and I get really frustrated when, you know, people characterize themselves and we see it with our students all the time, like characterize themselves mm-hmm. as being a hard worker because they have the ability to work hard. But they choose not to for most of the parts of their life, right? Yes. So Natalie's trying to say, like, I'm a hard worker. You know, it's like, yeah, but you're not choosing to even work at all right now. So can you characterize yourself as that? Well, and that's one of those things, too. That is definitely a, amongst my students, a huge uh, misunderstanding is that when I decide I want to work, I can flip a switch and I'll be a hard worker. It's like, no, you, but you can't. I've never, I've, I've never seen a student do that. Like, Never. It, it, it's it's a habit. It's a force of habit. It takes years to build up to consistently work hard. I might get right. like two or three weeks out of them, but then it, it falls away. Like you can't, the only way to work, the only way to be a hard worker is to keep working hard. Yes. And I think that is kind of the challenge of it is I think I would characterize someone who is a hard worker as the person who works when they are the least motivated. You know, yeah. to me, that's a hard worker because it's easy when you're motivated to do something to work hard. Mm, and and that's focused. what people usually think of when they think of yeah. hard worker. Like they're I, here's a here's a interesting project of work that I'm super into. And yeah, I develop I was helped develop it and I got the lead on it and I'm going to do it versus like, oh, here's a bunch of boring paperwork that's going to take hours and not mentally engage you. And you're like, yeah. Mm. yeah, I definitely see it as, you know, the it's it's hard. You know, it's like if you don't want to work. Like, that's the last thing you want to do right now. But you know you got to do it. Like, you're going to do it right. anyway. To me, that's a hard mm-hmm. worker. Sometimes you just have to put the dome on the fan and the thresholds back <laughs> on the doors. <laughs> to save your visitors from injuring themselves. Jeez. Right. Exactly. Well, speaking of demolition, let's talk Andre and oh, Libby. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Worst demo ever, right? 
So we start off with Libby and her sister Jen are hanging out doing yoga, discussing the challenges of parenting and Andre's green card. Libby is dramatic and says that if Andre's green card gets denied, he will be deported, which wouldn't surprise Jen since she's always had her suspicions. Libby then says she's trying to convince Andre to get a nanny, but he is dismissive and mistrustful and uses his culture as the primary reason. Jen offers up her nanny and they both plot to have the nanny over for a few hours and just kind of keep it from Andre, which doesn't sit well with Libby, who discusses everything with him. But Jen just kind of eggs her on and hands her her phone to call the nanny. Meanwhile, back at the family business, Andre is going to the house to demolish the kitchen because... In his mind, everyone agreed that the whole house needed to be renovated. Andre is still stuck thinking of Chuck as an investor, and Libby thinks that Charlie is just jealous because Andre is willing to get his hands dirty, which will win favor with Chuck. Andre starts the demo by hammering the doors off a refrigerator before (laughs) then actually moving the refrigerator out of the house. He gets to taking off a couple of cabinet doors kind of gingerly when Charlie comes barging in because of a neighbor uh, tip off. Charlie says that Andre needs to communicate and he doesn't know what he's doing, like trying to take out the stove without turning off the gas. Andre says he's way overqualified for this and then storms out of the house. But he knows that he still has to stick around because he needs to be employed for the green card. All right, so this demo seemed super staged. What was your take on it? Uh, yeah, because I don't really think Andre is overqualified as he says he is. Mm-hmm. But I do think he's qualified enough that he's familiar with what a screwdriver is. Yeah. <laughs> and he is fully capable of, demo- of taking apart cabinets with by unscrewing the hinges instead of just hammering the door like a crazy oh person. God. It's like, it was so ridiculous. I could not figure out why is he like destroying this refrigerator? What's going I mean, on okay, over here? I, I do. I do understand when you th- when you when you throw away a refrigerator, you're supposed to take the doors off of it. Okay. Like that is a thing because they don't want animals or children to get stuck sure. inside the refrigerator. Yes, okay. Sure. So you are. But as, as before, there are screws on the top and the bottom of the refrigerator <laughs> <laughs> that you can use to remove the doors without like just wailing on them with a sledgehammer. Oh, my gosh. And it's like, and it's, it's also too, you have to make sure it's like defrosted first because you don't want like all that stuff. It's like, there's more to it than just as Charlie, Charlie hints at, you don't just whack everything with a hammer and go in there and think. But like, I don't understand. I, 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 I hate to admit it. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure Charlie's right. No, I actually I was going just going to say I was kind of team Charlie on this episode because he brought up some really good points like one. OK, I get it. You think that you're supposed to, you know, that we said this whole house need to be renovated, but you didn't run it by the other people that you were going to go in there and basically demo this kitchen. Yes. And he's got a good point. Do you know what you're doing? Because I don't know how legit that part was, but he did say like, you have to turn off the gas before you do anything. And Andre's like, it's turned off. And Charlie's like, no, it isn't. You right. Know? Because so it's like, mm. Charlie's probably in charge of calling the gas company and having the gas turned off to the house. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause you, I mean, you'd be safe. You, cause you don't know what you're doing when you're pulling on the lines. You have to turn the gas off to the whole house. Not right. Just like putting the thing underneath the oven. And so, yeah, I think he's he's right. I mean, it was like it is random because you're like, yes, he's. I think he's like, I'm taking initiative. They're like, oh man, all this has got to come off. It doesn't mean randomly show up one night, and start banging on the. 
yeah. the hinges of the doors off. It's like demo day is always is always tough. And the other thing too is I, I do get the impression that Charlie, at least for this property, is an actual investor. Yes, I got that impression too. And Andre keeps saying, "I was it was my understanding that I would come in on the level of an investor," and it's like. You know how you get to come in on the level of an investor is <laughs> <Put> some money <laughs> in <laughs> by being an investor, not by just coming. In. I just the, the the crazy like, and I don't know how. Again, we don't know how real this is. It all seems pretty staged. Yeah, to like just go into your job. It's like me walking into it and be like, you know what? I decided um, I'm a vice principal now. I'm an assistant principal. Um, everyone's going to treat me like one. Uh, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to take that office down there. I just decided I'm an assistant principal. That's the um, that's the deal I have with the principal. Um, and uh, if anybody tells me uh, not, then um, they're wrong, and I'm just going to be an assistant principal now. Like, that's oh that's more goodness. or less what he's doing in this situation. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's so crazy to me. It's like, what delusional world are we living in right now? Where he's just like, oh yes, Chuck's. You know, Chuck is just an investor. You know, like, what are you doing? What are you talking about? Right. And it's like, and it's funny. I'm pretty too sure because, you said in the last episode that that wasn't the case. Right. And it's like, and and, and it's, and the other thing too, is it like, it's, is, you know, she talks about, oh, Charlie doesn't do any work himself. He just calls people in. It's like, yes, he calls the expert contractors that know how to lay wood floor and know yeah. how to change out cabinets because he can't do all that himself. That's how you do a quality flip. You don't just right. do everything yourself with a hammer. All right, can we talk about the yoga thing at the beginning? Yes. I don't do yoga, but uh-huh. I'm pretty sure whatever the hell it was they were doing was not really yoga so much as it was sitting in weird ways on a yoga mat. Yeah, but I mean, they said that they only started getting into it during pandemic times. So I'm sure they haven't ever been to a real class. Yeah, exactly. It's just like randomly picking poses and like attempting them because it's like. Which to me is fine, but don't say you're a yogi then. That seems like a little, I don't know. It's like, oh, we've been messing around with some yoga poses that we found online. Yeah, not like we become very serious yogis over the past. He's like, you've never even been to a yoga class. What are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but uh, other than that, kind of same old after we've had like the green card uh, interview with the <sighs> yeah. immigration lawyer last week. We're back to the same old with that family. Yeah, I know. I know. It's it, And so I'm looking at like all the couples this week and we really don't have I guess we have Mike and Natalie is still the most movement forward. Probably uh, Tiffany and Ronald. I mean, it was it was a thing for them to, that was you new. know, get the visa yeah. Uh, you know, going forward. And yeah, I, I was actually super excited for them. That's something else I've written down between them and between Andre. I'm really confused about the terminology our immigration process seems to use mm-hmm. because it's like approved doesn't mean approved. It means you move to no. the next step. Yes. Right? I, I took that to mean that too. Yeah, and, and like last time they were like, I need my permanent green card. It'll last 10 years. And I was like, well, that doesn't sound very permanent. To me. Right. Why did they use the word permanent? <laughs> Yeah, um, I took it to mean because Tiffany said the application was approved. Right, and so it's 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 like approved. It's more like approved to move to the next stage, not like approved, like final approval. Right, right, right. I think it's funny that uh, she was like, oh, when I got the email, I thought it was a scam. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do, especially when it says like nothing, 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 nothing. And I bet it does look like, 
I always halfway think our MVA emails and MVA is what we have instead of a DMV in Maryland. Uh-huh. Um, those always look like they're they always look like spam they at do. First. They look suspicious because yeah. it's like I, I think like how the subject line is. It's usually automated, and then it's usually like yes. the username part before the at whatever is usually oh, some right, random right. yes string of letters and numbers or something. Yeah, well, or it'll be like my username for MVA, which is like my first lat first middle like first name middle initial last name, mm-hmm. but. That's what it looks like. That's like the same as my like Google account. Yeah. Right. And so it looks like that. It's like anytime I see something, it has like my Google username and then it says you are looking for you have an opportunity for like that's that's junk. Right. That's spam. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even opening that. Yeah. That. Yeah. That is pretty funny. Oh, and she is in Maryland. So who knows? Yeah. Maybe it's a Maryland thing. <laughs> Could be. Could be. All right. So how about your student of the week? Oh, my student of the week was. Oh, I have Brandon. Okay. Um, he was dealing with crazy. Yeah, he did it without. He did it. He wasn't super condescending. He didn't start yelling. He didn't stoop to her level. You know, and he he kind of got her to admit she was wrong, kind of. Yeah, right? and so just decently dealing with crazy. I'll give it. To I him. support <laughs> that because usually he just try to tries to dad joke his way through conflict, and he didn't this time. He actually gave her something to be like, next time this happens, yes. take me aside. Mm-hmm. We can privately discuss it. And if that means we need to leave, I can give an excuse and we'll get out of there. And it's kind of like, okay, he wasn't being dismissive. He was trying to give her like, you know, actionable things that could be happened to resolve I something. I will address your needs. Yes. Yeah. And here's how we can manage that in a productive way. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And we have not seen that from Brandon so far. So yes, I support right. that. Uh, but my student uh-huh. of the week actually this week is Tiffany. Um, okay. We're kind of in the process, but it looks as though she is going to be uh, honest about the situation with Ronald and not right. listening to her mother Maggie's maybe ill-advised, uh, you know, advice there by lying to get your way. Right. Yeah, that was just, that was not good. That was not, not good. Right. Um, okay, how about right, your dad's? So, I think you can tell by how I acted in the in yeah. talking about it, but Mike, yeah, just Mike. I'm just first of all, he he had, and we didn't talk about this at the beginning. At the beginning, he had this conversation where they just like he just bitched about his wife, and it's like mm-hmm. it, it, you know your mom doesn't like her, right? And your mom's mm-hmm. trying to look out for her, and she's like, I think she, you know, might be a little lazy. Like, yeah, she sure as hell is. That's a fucking <laughs> pain in the ass. I don't like it at all. She needs a change. Like, okay, that's not cool. Like, you can't do yeah. That your wife knowing knowing where things stand like no defense like at all so it's like so if that's what you think about her why are you even with her right it just occurs to me that that is such a short-term thinking and you know like that's something where you're just like you can talk shit on your girlfriend who you're just gonna be with like maybe you're only gonna date her for a couple months so it doesn't matter if your parents hate her because she'll be gone soon right but this is supposed to be your wife you're supposed to be establishing like lifelong relationships with this person and you Mm -hmm. know if you want your wife to come to future family holidays, why are you trying to make her look bad or paint her in a bad light with your family who she's going to be forced to interact with? It just seems so short-term thinking. Yeah, it is. It is, totally. Yeah. All right, who's your dunce? Uh, my dunce was Andre. Um, just his whole thing, like, doesn't want to get nanny, is, like, taking it upon himself to destroy things. That seems very weird. 
Demo day is fun. You get to take out aggression. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Uh, what about your life lesson? So my life lesson is, I would say about 90 to 95% of the time, at least, if someone asks you or needs you to co-sponsor anything, mm-hmm. the answer, the right answer is probably no. I know, <laughs> there's, right? There's a reason they need a co-sponsor, and it's because someone at some level is like, yeah, they can't do this. They can't handle this. Like if it's, if it's a, even if it's a, an apartment, right? If, yeah. If somebody's like, they, they can't get the apartment, that's because somebody at some level was like, they can't do this. And if you if you don't have a compelling, really, you know, provable reason why that entity is wrong, then it, it, it's a lot of risk to take for for somebody else's benefit. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I had um, just graduated college, um, I'm older than my sister by a year. And so I had been out of school a year before she was. So by the time she graduated, I'd been in the working world for a year. She wanted me to co-sign her grad school loan. And, you know, like as a young person, like what? I was like 22. You know, I was like, oh, okay, Mm -hmm. you need me to. It's like, I don't think you should be getting like some other 22-year-old person who's like also not in a financial place to be co-signing anything. Right. Yeah. Seems like a bad choice. I mean, I guess two... uh Two broke 22-year-olds could be like one. <laughs> I forgot what one. happened. I, I want to say that I just didn't even qualify. And Probably. Like, nope. Yeah. That would make the most sense. You're like, no, you're not supposed to get another one of you. Yeah, I got <laughs> off the hook on some technicality. All right. Uh, my life lesson is uh, I kind of mentioned this a little bit um, having to do with Natalie uh, and Trish. You know, if you're trying to legitimately win someone over, like it really seemed like Natalie was trying to win Trish over. You really need mm-hmm. to be on your best behavior the whole time. And if you're right. incapable of that, you know, that's fine. But you just can't be surprised if you don't win that person over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's also true, too, that Natalie uh, uh, everything you can say about her, she really doesn't have much of a sense of humor yeah. um, and definitely doesn't match Trish. Like, I feel like Trish would have respected it if she was snarky back in a way that like matched the sense of humor or at least sure. come off as a joke and not yeah. just as bratty entitlement like as Trish yeah. read it. Yeah. And so I think that would have helped. But like that doesn't like I could I could definitely see Trish liking a girl who was like, oh, she gives as good as she gets. Yeah. Oh, I can respect mm-hmm. that. Like. But that is not Natalie. <laughs> no, it's not. And I, you know, both of them are terrible. You know, Trish yes. and Natalie. Like, I, it's tough. Yeah, I, don't, I, I think don't like, I'm I don't like team any, I don't Natalie. Like I am. I, I'm more team Natalie than Because it Trish seems more Mike, reactive. Trish, I feel yes. like, is the aggressor. Yes, totally. Mm-hmm. She yeah. had, like, pre-planned all of this. Uh-huh. Yeah, all this trolling. Yep. It's, it's trolling. It's 100% trolling Natalie every, like... What are we going to do? I'm going to make you do physical labor and then we're going to go to the meat shop like on your first day here. Like, Yeah. Like, At the same time, doesn't it seem like that's just Trisha's like normal routine? Like just looking at her, you're like, yep, that's what she does. <laughs> but you're going to drag her along. Okay, like, yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. So uh, we will be back next week as we're probably in the middle of the season. So we still got some time to go. We still got. Yeah, I'm sure we, I'm sure we still got a long time to go, but yeah. only a couple more weeks until we our other channel comes back alive. Yeah, which I'm kind of excited with that new group. I'm, I'm very excited for that. Yeah, totally excited for new people, new season. 
So that's our Love After Lockup channel. So we'll be there in a couple weeks, but next week we'll be back here on this channel to talk about episode seven. Okay, sounds good. See you then. All right. All okay, right, bye. Bye.